from days of long ago. From uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 177. We're not at New York Comic Con. I'm your host, Ryan. I'm John. I'm Shannon. And joining us today is also our good buddy, Uncle Teabag himself, Travis. Travis, how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, looking forward to uh, recording with two of the three of you. I'll let you guys argue who the, <laughs> the other student is. <laughs> Um, and are you happy to not be at New York Comic Con? Yes, I'm happy not to be at New York Comic Con. Um, it's, I don't know. It's one of those things where I kind of want to go someday, but then I think about it, like, cause I, I have the, I have the in, like I could go and I could get a lot of stuff free, if not next to nothing, but I still just don't want to deal with. The crowds and the traveling and 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 all of the those shenanigans. Okay. Well, we'll talk in the future about the free and the <laughs> and the next to nothing stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, well, I mean, and, yeah, and my, my name is Shannon, not shenanigans. <laughs> I uh, my it, it's no. Uh, I'll tell you guys off record. I know John knows. I've told John, and I think I've told Ryan. Yeah, the, you have. The connection, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, we we've had not shenanigans. It's Larry Hama, isn't it? Hundred bucks says it's Larry Hama. Uh, I stole his whiskey. <laughs> so, uh, so a couple things we wanted to touch on, and uh, don't really have a whole lot of format for this episode. Um, uh, we are going to touch on previews. One of the biggest reasons to have Travis here, because he's the only other one that looked at the previews catalog like I do, and. Uh, and actually gets excited about it. I think maybe Shannon dreads anything that's coming out of previews, but um, I only uh, Joe stuff. Only Joe stuff. Okay. <laughs> um, 
But I wanted, I did want to touch on just a, a few things, kind of give some updates. Uh, I have a couple short stories to, to tell uh, tell the audience and tell you guys about. Um, one thing uh, is I completely forgot to give a, a shout out to a store that I purchased a couple things for at, uh, from at Baltimore Comic Con. And I got to talk to a couple of the, the owners there, and, or, or the shop runners there. Uh, and that was the, the dork side. Uh, I think a lot of people are familiar with the name. Uh, but I got to talk to some of the guys there. They, they saw the shirt. They started talking to me about it and everything else. And I was like, yeah, you guys should check it out. And the one reason I wanted to give them a shout-out is, unlike a lot of other retailers out there at these conventions, these guys were not trying to... Uh, drastically increase the price for things that you could find in the store now. So, you know, a lot of the Marvel Legends figures that are in the stores now, they had them there at the show, and they had them for like 20 to 25 bucks, which is pretty much what you're going to pay for in the store when you go, once you add tax and everything else. You're going to pay right in that 20 to $25 range. So I really appreciated that because there's a lot of retailers that's like, oh yeah, this is in the store, but it's hard to find, so I'm going to charge you $50. And Things like that. So, uh, like, so I, I just mentioned to them, I was like, "Yeah, check out the show." I, you know, I, I told them I really appreciate what they did, and that I wanted to uh, give them a shout out. And they're like, "Oh, cool." So, and then I completely forgot to give them a shout out. So, uh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing that I wanted to mention from Baltimore Comic Con, and Travis can probably back me up on this if he remembers. But uh, we were talking an episode or two about how I'm always on, always closing, always selling the show and everything. Well, this uh, is certainly true even on the drive home from the convention because we stopped at a gas station and uh, filled up and then went and got you know some drinks and whatnot in the, uh, inside the station itself. And there was a cashier there. And she saw the Star Joe's T-shirt, and she's like, "Oh, are you guys like in a baseball league or something like that?" And I was like, "Oh no, it's a it's a podcast that we do." And she goes, "Oh, what what is it? What do you guys cover?" And assuming that she would have no interest in it whatsoever, <laughs> I was like, "Well, we just cover geeky stuff." And she's like, "Oh, I'm totally into geeky stuff." She goes, "My fantasy football league's name is called the Rebellion," and I'm like, "Oh, well, then let uh, me tell you all about it." <laughs> I do remember this. Yes. It was our only stop on the way back our, from Baltimore. Yes, our only stop, yes. So I, I gave her a business card, and she said she'd check it out. So I don't know if she's listening. I never did get her name, unfortunately. But, um, but yeah, it was it just cracked me up because oftentimes I just assume that someone has would have no interest in it if they're just, you know, your everyday casual person. Um, but, yeah, she was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> the second she told me her fantasy football league's name was The Rebellion, I'm like, yeah, the this is the this is something for you to check out. So um, then the real story is what he doesn't want anyone to know is he got down on his knee and proposed for <laughs> to have an Indiana wife. No, but, uh, <laughs> no, I did not do that. But uh, but yeah, no. <laughs> uh, I will say though, uh, speaking of wives, uh, and it is related to the show. My wife gave me an awesome gift for my birthday this year. Um, she actually got me, and it's related to the show, she got me the Masters of the Universe uh, filmation uh, animated show guide, uh, which came out from Dark Horse. This book is amazing. Uh, if you if you ever got the previous like non-official one by James Etock, it's pretty much the same material, but what Dark Horse did is they also included a lot of the concept art and... Uh, 
a lot of images and pictures right from the show are in the book and everything. So, and it's like for every episode, there's like some concept art or there's uh, original sketch pieces and things like that that are in the book. And I thought that was really cool. Plus, it adds the Shira episodes into it, which I think the previous book by Etok was did not have the Shira episodes in it. So, Travis, you might be able to confirm or deny that. I'm not sure if you know. Or yeah, it all. Yeah, it only had the original. Uh, two seasons of Masters. So the, the, the book is good. Um, definitely go out. One of the cool things that, that I noticed uh, is it will tell you when some of the, the repeated cells are used and the frequency of those cells. So that it, it's kind of, you know, a little inside baseball, but it, it's a good book. I definitely recommend it. Yeah, it's very cool. And they are, uh, Dark Horses continue with their Master of the Universe stuff. Uh, when we get to the previews, there's a book in there uh, that we'll mention. But there's also, um, next year, they're going to come out with the Master of the Universe Encyclopedia, which is going to have, like, I don't know if anyone remembers, but back when it was um, MV Creations, they started doing an encyclopedia in the version of like a comic book, but they only got one issue out. And from everything I can tell, this new book that Dark Horse is going to put out is going to be done in the exact same format style, but in a big, nice hardcover book, and it'll be complete. So you won't have to worry about getting one issue and never having it finished. <laughs> so... Um, it like I said, if it's anything like that one issue was, it's definitely going to be a, uh, a book worth picking up next year. So, does that Dark Horse thing have a lot of model sheets in it? Um, there's a little bit of that, I think, if I remember. Uh, yeah, it's got. Well, they're small. Like yeah. they don't they they aren't the whole page, but you'll see like a a quarter shot of yeah. Uh, like if there's a a character in it, like there was a princess in one of them that. Uh, that you see all three character, like all three uh, character profile shots of her, like front, three quarter, and then back. But it's not; it doesn't take up a whole page. It's, it's yeah. pretty small. Which who knows? That might be something that they are saving to do in a whole another book. <laughs> it's like the yeah. actual back uh, behind the scenes type stuff. So, um, and then I did have a story that I wanted to share with you guys that. I I think you'll find very amusing, um, and Shannon, I think I think you especially will find this very amusing. Um, Why do I not remember it? Because I was drunk. No, no, it's just <laughs> <laughs> I Cosby'd you. Um, <laughs> you get that Huxable hangover, right? Um, God, if I had a dime for every time, <laughs> you can buy a pudding pop. <laughs> right. Zing. So I there's a local comic shop here called Carolyn John's, which uh, is the best one in the area, in the Cleveland area by far. And they're the ones that do every year they do uh, a huge midnight release event of uh, for free comic book day. They bring a lot of local artists that will do free sketches for everybody. Uh, they have the books there. They have they make their, they brew their own beer that they give out that night and everything. So it's they. They do it upright. They have a really great time. I don't get to go there very often. Because when are they inviting me? <laughs> I'll, I'll, hey, if you actually want to make the drive for it, I will let them know that you'd be interested. So, If you weren't in England Sounds right now, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Tally-ho. <laughs> um, so, Guys, here's what we do. Here's what we do. Shannon, you, me, in the car, we go to 
Carolyn and John's for free comic book day, and then we stay or hang around with these guys and do the Christmas story house. Oh, there you go. Oh, yeah. There you yeah. Go. Yeah, we need to do that. All right. We'll, we'll plan something out, man. That sounds like an awesome idea. I forgot that that was even up there. You can also see the, uh, you can drive by that you can't get in, but uh, the house where Superman uh, oh, was yeah. created. Yep. Uh, Who's that? Shoot. Superman? <laughs> Some, like, image rip-off guy. I, I think Kirkman created him. He's a zombie. He's got, like, a big M on his chest and stuff, so. Um, so, anyway, back to the story. So, anyways, back to the story. <laughs> so, uh, I don't get to go in there very often, but just recently when I stopped in there, they were talking about this collection of comics they just bought. And just by the comments they were making, I found it, I needed to know what the story was behind this. So they, uh, some guy came in and he, he had this big collection. Uh, he, he had called in advance to let him know some of the issues that he had and everything else. Well, they were very interested in it because it had uh, some issues like the first appearance of Rocket Raccoon, first appearance of uh, Apocalypse, you know, things that are kind of hot right now. Uh, he said he had in the collection, and, and there was a lot of 80s comics in there, and there was a few 70s and, and everything else. So, um, and he said they were in excellent condition. So they were like, all right, well, if you bring them up here, you know, we'll take a look at them and buy them. So, uh, and they did warn them in advance, like, look, we're, we're probably going to buy them to resell them at a pretty discounted price, other than maybe a few of the uh, milestone issues or something like that. Um, but we'll, we'll try to give you a fair price for everything. So he brought them in, they took a look at him, and they were like, yeah, everything looks great. You know, they paid the guy, and they didn't tell me how much they paid. But when they actually started taking, after he left, and... and hold they, on, hold on, yes. hold on. Did they buy this site unseen other than seeing what was in the boxes? They That is exactly what they did. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> so, they yes, they did not do the thing where you should actually be taking every comic out and flipping through the issues. Um, there was a lot of issues and everything else. I kind of understand why they didn't, but like they said, they actually took the comics out just to make sure the, the covers were attached and stuff like that, but they didn't actually flip through the issues. Well, this guy evidently liked to put notes in the comment, uh, comics, like along the, the edges and everything else. And some of his comments were... Uh, milestone issue at the very big top of the page, <laughs> or uh, the anytime Thor appeared on the page, he would write "All hail Thor." Uh, anytime, <laughs> anytime there was an attractive woman on the page, he would write "Yum." <laughs> I was hoping you'd say "Roach Swing." Hubba hubba. And like without a without fail, the guy would do this. Like, the the issue where it had the first appearance of Apocalypse, they said it was in absolutely pristine condition. It was Everything was perfect in it. And there was one page with one panel that had yum written on it. And that was the only thing wrong with the whole issue. And it completely <laughs> devalued the whole issue. <laughs> well, couldn't you call it the, uh, I don't know, like a, a commentary commentary. Yeah, That's yeah, exactly yeah. what we said at the shop. We were like, you know. The annotated issues. <laughs> we were like, we were like, we could call. It, we were like, you guys could sell this as like a collection of like the commentary issues and things like that. 
the the notes were absolutely ridiculous and hysterical all at the same time. At but at the same time, I felt bad for them because they bought all this stuff and had no way of like getting their money back or anything like that. I think I'm gonna do that in every panel. The Baroness is in now. I'm just gonna like put yum somewhere just in the put background. Yum. <laughs> yeah, so the guy won't be, yes. so the guy won't have to do it himself. Good looking out, especially if you knew the guy's name. You could write like that guy's name in there and then put yum. <laughs> yum brand soda. Yum, yeah, it's just everywhere. But I figured this out. Baroness pretty is amazing. gonna be watching Wheel of Fortune in the background, and it's just the puzzle is gonna be yum. Yum. <laughs> But, like, even on, like, the, the you know how on some of the, com- the older comics, the opening page would have, like, the characters along the side, like, their hands oh, yeah. and everything else? Anytime it had Thor there, it would say, all hail Thor next to it. Like, as if it was his religion. <laughs> That's great. I, I hope I get on the Thor book one day, just so I can do that. <laughs> so, I, I figured that was a story worth telling. <laughs> Man, that's messed up. <laughs> um, they did find somebody that was willing to buy the whole collection off of them, uh, not for very much. They let them know what the situation was and everything else. They did get a couple. They said they did get a couple issues out of it. Like the first appearance of Rocket Raccoon did not have anything in it because I mean, if you're putting yum in that issue, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh. I mean, I what kind of weird people? Now do you guys want to go up to Cleveland now after hearing about yum? I did not furries, man. Furries. I did not meet the guy. I do not know who the guy was. It's, it's the guy that used to go to conventions him. and get his character sketched in glue. That's who it was. There you go. There you go. So bubblegum. Um, <laughs> bubble bubble so the only other thing I wanted to to mention, and then um, you know, if you guys have anything else you guys wanted to talk about before we get into some of the previews and everything else is I did have a voicemail that has been long overdue. Um, I don't think I know who it's from because I don't think he ever says his name in the voicemail, but uh, it was still a nice voicemail to us, so I wanted to make sure I played it for you guys, and like I said, it has been long overdue, so let me go ahead and play that for you for you guys right now. Hey, guys, just finished listening to the last animated episode and loved it. Uh, this is Will from Maine. Hope you guys keep doing it, and... Uh, Love your podcast. Listen to it all the time. All right, talk to you guys later. Thanks for thanks for making the podcast. Bye. So he did say what his name was. I just it's been so long, I forgot that he did. <laughs> so uh, that was Will from Bay, I think it is. I thought he said it was Bo. Oh, <laughs> I thought he said Will from Maine. Oh, maybe oh. he said Mortimer. <laughs> <laughs> So, Wilbo, Wilbo, Maine. Shout out to you, buddy. And Andre. Don't forget Andre. Yeah, don't forget Andre. Right. You mean Pete? <laughs> Anthony. 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 It's Pete now. So, so Will, I apologize. That was a long overdue message. He left it back in July. Or Mortimer. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> July. Yeah. <laughs> And every time I remembered to play it, it was like after a two or three hour episode. So I was like, "Well, I'm not gonna play it now." Um, but thank you. He he listened to the animated episode, loved it. Uh, it's by far, of course, our uh, people's favorite types of episodes. Uh, for us, they're a bit crazy, but they're a lot of fun to do. Um, 
but yeah, so uh, so thanks for the voicemail. If anyone else has any voicemails they want to leave uh, that I'll get to like three months later, uh, <laughs> you can leave. Prepare for Christmas. Right, you can leave a voicemail at four four zero nine four one Joe's four four zero nine four one J O E S. So, um, do you guys have anything in particular you guys wanted to mention or talk about before we get into any like preview stuff or? I got one quick thing. I shared it on Facebook a little, a couple weeks ago or so. Uh, they have announced that there is going to be another Turbo Kid. Oh, nice! Yeah. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. They, uh, they made the announcement, and uh, not only that, there's a music video that actually ties into Apple, who's the female character in the movie. Yeah. It's kind of the pre, almost like the pre, the pre, pre, prelude to the first movie. So yeah. uh, for those of you who haven't seen Turbo Kid yet, go see it. It's awesome. And, yeah, so now we'll get to see Turbo Kid 2. So I, I'm very excited about that. And that prelude, uh, <laughs> it's equally as messed up as the, <laughs> as the movie if was. If not more so. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, you find out who she was hanging out with. If you see the movie, she was hanging out with somebody before meeting Turbo Kid, and you find out how she met up with that person. Uh, that's all I'm going to say about it, but it was it was interesting <laughs> and a little disgusting. <laughs> so, uh, Shannon, anything been going on for you lately that you want to share with the audience? Or it's been a little while since well, we talked no. to you. No, okay. No, there's there's a court order not to do that. <laughs> you have to share that with them. <laughs> oh, how no, how are the blue I got, ninjas? I got nothing. How are the blue ninjas doing? Man. <laughs> so they're back. <laughs> I'm sure they are. <laughs> yes. So, so in exciting news, though, um, the first YouTube video went out. So, yeah. yes, it did, and it looked great. It yeah. looked great, and did a great. You're the most photogenic of the bunch. So, kudos <laughs> to you. I don't know what that says, but okay. <laughs> the bar is very, very low. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I've gotten some really good responses. I think it's already close to 200 views or somewhere might be over 200 views at this point, uh, which is great just starting off. Uh, and we hadn't even announced it on the show. So that was strictly from people seeing it on, uh, Twitter and Facebook. Um, and, uh, by the time you hear this, uh, this episode, the second video will already be out. I worked on that today. And that so the first episode on YouTube is really what the channel is all about. So it's an introductory uh, video, and then the first video after that is my first actual comic review, which I cover Revolutionary or Revolutionary <laughs> Revolution Number One uh, from IDW. So uh, I've already recorded three more episodes since then because there's a lot of comics that have been coming out that pertain to our show that I wanted to review. So as fast as I can get them out there, I'm going to put them out there. And then once things kind of slow down a little bit, I wanted, I wanted to get a lot of videos out to start off, but once things slow down a little bit, I'm going to go to like at, at least once a week. Uh, I'm going to try to keep up doing at least one video every week. So this way there's continuous content. And then obviously we're still going to do the podcast uh, and try to keep up with that at least uh, twice a month. So, uh, so there'll be a lot of Star Joe stuff coming out. But uh, yeah, I was happy with how it came out. It came out better than I thought it was going to, and it, it can only get better from here. So, um, all right, you guys want to talk some preview stuff? Uh, or I have least... one, yeah. one, one quick 
Yeah, maybe two. Okay. Uh, I did uh, go to CoilCon today in oh, yes. beautiful Dayton, Ohio, uh, at the Holiday Inn across the street from Wright State. Um, I could have been there. I was in England. <laughs> I know. Gosh. Um, it was uh, it, it was very it was uh, a shopping show. Uh, the lot of toys, a lot of vintage. Um, the Watch on Joe Mind guys were there. They were doing a panel. Uh, I sadly had to leave before they could do any sort of panel. Uh, but for uh, a small, uh, intimate Joe show, uh, if you're looking for toys, uh, definitely recommend it. Uh, speaking of toys, I have, uh, I know John and I have talked about this in the past, but yesterday I finally got my decal stickers set and I will be completing my USS flag now uh, for Gavin because adults don't buy toys. That doesn't make any <laughs> sense at all. No, I think that's that's pretty awesome that uh, that once he's old enough to really enjoy the flag, uh, you know, it'll be there and it'll be completed and, and everything. So uh, I'm jealous because while I had one as a child, you just won't be allowed to touch it. Right. <laughs> uh, well, okay, but not the fantail rail. No, anything but that. Uh, even though I had one as a as a kid, I don't have it have one anymore. So uh, I am jealous about you having one uh, again or having one for the first time. I guess for you, right? Or did you have one as a kid? I had one as a kid, okay. and I sold it for $150 to go buy my friend's collection of 1990s Toy Biz X-Men figures. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> so, yeah, this was uh, 91, 92. Uh, my, my mom bought it for me, and... Uh, I had stopped collecting Joes and playing with Joes in 91, 92, and the new hotness was uh, the X-Men cartoon and all of those Toy Biz X-Men figures. They were, you know, Gambit and Weapon X and Wolverine and Rogue, and uh, I put it in the local Tell It and Sell It. A guy came and bought it within 48 hours, and then I went and bought about 80 X-Men figures. So, I mean, I got a good chunk but now none of those figures were <laughs> worth, close. worth anything right so uh but a year ago i uh i had got a lead on getting one for fairly cheap it was uh only missing 13 pieces so i went and uh for the past year or so ebay and other sources just getting the missing pieces and i uh, cleaned it up you know, painted some spots that that were dull, and then uh, got the new decal set, and I will have the flag uh, complete within the next. Seaworthy, yeah, seaworthy. Yeah, don't don't put it in the water. <laughs> but, but I want to. Well, think it'll float? No. <laughs> Maybe, maybe if you buy like a, a we're taking on water <laughs> buy like a seven foot like kayak or something like that and just attach it to the bottom you'll be good so alright coming up on the summer YouTube channel <laughs> does the flag float <laughs> oh no that would be pro <laughs> you would get so you would get so many people mad at you <laughs> 
ratings bonanza, though. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Good se- thinking, Travis. <laughs> all right. And we would do a big intro about how all the work that you did going into, like, renovating it and, and getting it pristine again. <laughs> just to then put it in the water. <laughs> and then just blub, 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 blub. blub. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do one. it on free comic book day so you guys can be a <laughs> yeah. Larry we'll take it down to Larry will come out and christen it with a champagne bottle and just like shatter the front end of it <laughs> we'll take it down to Edgewater where uh, where we Should can get nice big cosplay chicks uh, <laughs> Christmas I'll put I'll put Baroness and Mike spray paint on it go sell it to your comic shop there you go <laughs> yum <laughs> But yeah, I was I was thinking we would have like one camera on you and one camera on the ship as it sinks, <laughs> so we could see your reaction. I would probably and I'll laugh. just go. Blub, blub, blub. I I'm I'm glad to have between it tears. Yeah. <laughs> blub blub as the beer bottle and you tip it up. So. My, my Jack and Coke. Nice. Well, there it goes. Ah well. So, uh, so did you get anything from CoilCon? I know Gavin picked out his first G.I. Joe characters, didn't he? Uh, Gavin did. I didn't pick anything up. Uh, one of the dealers there had five uh, five or six just big tubs of loose Joe figures. They were three apiece or two for five, and uh, I took Gavin out of a stroller, and since they're at eye level, he started digging through, and he, uh, he picked out uh, low light, and these are all vintage figures, uh, he picked out low light, uh, copperhead, uh, deep six, and the third Cobra Commander with the the chrome head. Oh the, yeah, not the blue one, but the battle armor. Battle I don't armor know. One, yeah. So those were. And he's got all of my old Joes, but you know. And you didn't it, you say like those were four figures you didn't have as a kid or something? Yeah, I never had. Uh, any of those uh, figures as a kid, so it was it was it was pretty cool. Uh, you know, sentimental father moment sounds crazy, but it was cool just seeing him. He had no idea, but just rummaging through the Joes and you know, I'm saying, oh, I did this when I was a little older than him. So, yeah. you know, stupid sentimental moment, but it was one of those neat things that you know that I can look back and yeah, it's very cool. Sink it, sink it with the USS flag. <laughs> Well, don't sink the moment with the U.S. flag. <laughs> That's a little disturbing. <laughs> and definitely don't put Gavin on the U.S.S. flag when we send it out to the water. Like, dress him up like shipwreck or something like that. <laughs> All right, this is taking a turn I wasn't expecting. Why don't we just talk about some previews? All right, so let's talk about some previews. Um, Travis, you got your, your previews handy there? I do. I have I have my previews ready. Okay. So this this month I actually uh, so these are all things that are coming out in uh, December or later. Uh, John and Shannon, feel free to jump in with with anything that you know of that's coming out or anything that we mentioned that sounds interesting to you. So, um, so starting with Dark Horse, there was actually Dark Horse this month gave me like three hardcovers that at, in the same month that I was very interested in so uh did you have anything that jumped out for you with dark horse travis uh no well the one thing that i did pick for dark horse i know you're going to pick so go for it uh, the uh 
Dark Horse is releasing their next hardcover for He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. Uh, this time they are releasing uh, the uh, newspaper strips. Uh, so it, the solicitation says, uh, for over four years, Masters of the Universe had its own newspaper strip. Uh, uh, this story continued the tales from the Filmation cartoon and abridged uh, to the saga of new adventures. Uh, I never knew this existed. I didn't either. Uh, so I'm interested to see, one, how they go from the original Masters to new adventures, because that was a big jump. Um, but it, it will also uh, just be... I, I like the, the newspaper reprints. Uh, I have the uh, Spider-Man uh, Ramita reprints so I, I think this is uh, right up my alley and uh, with the preview page they give there is that supposed to be Gwildor that they're showing there from, uh, I think so from I the think movie that's Gwildor. Yeah. yeah so they're even tying the movie into uh, the newspaper comic strip uh, I had no idea that Master of the Universe had a comic strip in the newspaper let alone that it went for four years um, Shannon or John, did you, had you ever heard of that before? Or? Never heard okay. of this strip before. Nope. Yeah. So I wonder what newspapers it was shown in. Because uh, I, I think as a kid I would have noticed that, but you know, who knows? Yeah, no, never heard, wasn't familiar with it at all. Yeah. Um, so just a few that few things I wanted to mention from Dark Horse. Uh, one was on page forty-two. It's the Legend of Zelda art and artifacts hardcover. Uh, this is very, done very similar to the Hyrule Historia uh, hardcover that they did, except what this is, it contains, uh, from the solicitation, it contains over 400 pages of uh, fully realized illustrations from the entire 30-year history of Legend of Zelda. It's including artwork uh, from the upcoming video game, but it also includes uh, the promotional pieces, game box art, instruction booklet illustrations, uh, official character illustrations, sprite art, uh, and then interviews with the artists and a lot more, it says. So um, so going back to something that we were talking about before with uh, the Masters of the Universe Filmation book, uh, it looks like this one will give us those like character profile or character layout uh, pieces for Legend of Zelda, which would be kind of cool to see. Um, then on page 44, just briefly wanted to mention that Dark Horse is starting again with their Aliens vs. Predator series. Uh, which is this one's uh, miniseries called Life and Death. Number one comes out in December. Um, I've always liked when those two properties crossed over with each other. thought it was always fun. Uh, the artwork looks pretty good. It's by uh, Rain Burrito, which is a name I'm not familiar with. I don't know if you guys have heard that name before or not. So uh, It's written... Uh, or I'm sorry, that's the colorist. <laughs> the artist is Brian Thies. T-H-I-E-S. Uh, the writer is Dan Abnett on it, uh, who has been doing a lot of the work on these uh, uh, Aliens and Predator miniseries. And then the last thing from Dark Horse I wanted to mention, uh, and I think Robert will be excited about this uh, once he hears this, is that Tomb Raider Archives Volume 1, which is on page 50, uh, it's a hardcover, and it's collecting the Top Cow series that was done uh, quite a while back. Uh, it was written by Dan Jurgens, and it had art uh, by Andy Park, uh, Francis Manipole, and uh, Billy Tan, uh, just to name a few. 
but it's issues 1 through 15 of the Top Cow Tomb Raider, which was my personal favorite uh, run on the Tomb Raider character. So I'm um, hoping they'll continue it so this way you can get uh, volume 2 and 3. I think you could at least get out of it with some of the other uh, issues that followed it. So uh, DC. Travis, do you have anything that stood out for you with DC? Yeah, with going through previews, I try to skip the monthly books because it just becomes repetitive to read this, read this, read this. Um, So on page 137, I have two trades. Okay. Uh, The first is the Justice League of America Bronze Age Omnibus, which collects issues 77 through 113. This... uh, is what I mean. This is essentially my Justice League. Uh, what I feel like the superpowers was based on. Um, it's the satellite era, the very beginning, and I'm a super nerd to remember this. But the satellite actually shows up in issue 78. So this is right at the the very beginning of that satellite age Justice League. So uh, really excited about that. And then below it. Uh, they're reprinting uh, the Superman-Batman saga of the Super Sons, uh, written by zany Bob Haney and Dick <laughs> Dillon. Uh, these stories are absolutely crazy, but they are uh, they are of their time and extremely entertaining, so I highly recommend those. And you also get some uh, Kurt Swan art in there as well, and to me that's my favorite artist uh, that ever did uh, Superman, so... Um, yeah, that bronze that Bronze Age omnibus for Justice League is awesome. They did do um, I th- I'm not sure if it was titled the Silver Age omnibus or not, but they did do two volumes that were omnibus editions of the Silver Age Justice League. So it's really cool that they're continuing it with the with the Bronze Age. Uh, the Silver Age ones were done really really well. So um, anything else from DC for you that stood out? I would recommend uh, Wonder Woman, the Wonder Woman 77 versus, uh, I forget whoever, but Bionic Woman. But I'm going to tell you not to get it until we get a petition to get one Shannon Gallant on a Wonder Woman book. (laughs) Amen, brother. Hell yeah. Yeah. There you go. Don't buy it. So the numbers are horrible, and then when Shannon comes on... And then they'll cancel it, so I'll never get to draw it. Good good call. Good idea. That's a well-thought-out plan. How about we just start a petition that requests for Shannon to be on there? Shannon on Wonder Woman. Yeah. Start hitting Twitter. (laughs) Start hitting DC. Boy, I wish. Start hitting (laughs) Especially Linda Carter, Wonder Woman. Even now. Yeah. So Shannon's behind... Wonder Woman, or behind the magic of one. Never mind. Well, you're not doing any better. Just, just let it go. So, uh, also, DC reminds me because uh, I wanted to get Travis's opinion on uh, Doom Patrol. Uh, so, you did get to read Doom Patrol number one. Uh, I'm curious what you thought of it, and if you're continuing, to, if you're going to continue to read it. Um, Doom Patrol number one was horrible. I. <laughs> I didn't like it at all. I I read it, and I, I knew it was going to be weird. And there's probably something that's going to make sense in seven or eight issues, but I just don't even care to hold on that long to maybe to see if any of it makes sense. So uh, mark it. Uh, it is October of 2016. Ryan and Travis agree 
that a comic is bad. Did, did did you agree with my assessment of it as well, or were there any things that you kind of differed with me on that you could remember? It it just was bad. <laughs> and it didn't get any better. I, and I hate to sound like that because I enjoy comics as a medium, but yeah. you know, I my thoughts were very similar to yours. I'm like, oh, okay, there's this girl, she's eating a gyro. Weird, but all right, I'm on for it. And then it just everything else starts happening. You know, it's the most random review. She was eating a gyro. Uh, I just I don't know. And stuff exploded. <laughs> well, that's actually how it happens. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, she's, she's just eating a gyro, and you're like, all right. And then, well, and that's then, a weird way to I'm, start I'm pretty sure. Off. I'm pretty sure, like, all the reports of, like, the Boston Marathon, you know, explosion, it's like, well, people were standing around eating gyros, and uh, and then things exploded. <laughs> I don't... Just a <laughs> like, Just an odd... Was there a close-up of a gyro? Was, yeah. was it branded? Gyro young? Yeah. Like, yeah, it was like it was it was a focal point. It was like, a focal it was, point of the story. There was like there was the they went into the Euro for a moment, at least that's what I'm assuming happened, and there's like this whole civilization that's living in the Euro, but the guy that was eating it was talking about how imagine how crazy it would be if there was a whole civilization living in this Euro. And oh, I don't okay. know so I don't know if it was a metaphor or if it actually happened, because the next thing you know, they're attacking this location in the Euro world and they blow it up, well, the gyro blows up in the garbage can. And then the they... The tzatziki people had had it. Yeah. Right. Like, the best... It's like an old I EC could... story. There was, like, a whole were... EC story about, like, a ship crashing into a bucket of sauerkraut or something. You know what it, it reminded me of, and I, I'm really surprised that Ryan didn't like it, but it felt very Fraggle Rock. Like... Oh, no. Fraggle Rock was inside the gyro, and then it was... <laughs> The, everything else was going on outside of their little world, and then the old guy was like, "Weird." It, it just—I I got was a very Sprocket in it because <laughs> if Sprocket was wasn't it. in it, I don't—I don't care. <laughs> well, and the thing was with it too was like nobody reacted like a human being would react. Well, well of course not. They live in a euro, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, was there? Was there? Was there like? Uh, you know, financial system based on the euro. I, I know, <laughs> but I'm bummed. I'm here all week. Oh, I am in England right now. So. You are in England right now. We voted. We voted for Brexit. So. <laughs> Shannon, I will happily send you my copy of Doom Patrol number one, so, so you can read it. <laughs> who who wrote this? Gerard, so who gets Gerard the blame oh, Okay. From My Chemical Romance and stuff. So now Morrison. Morrison. And yeah, and then so my whole thought with it too, knowing that he wrote it, was the fact that if this was a music video, it would probably be seen as being a really cool music video because music videos don't have to make sense. But this is a comic book; <laughs> it's not a music video, so I need it to make yeah. a little bit of sense. Um, yeah, I, I'm not picking up issue two, yeah. so. I'm, <laughs> Which, uh, but were you were you hungry after you read it? That's the question. <laughs> I wanted a euro. <laughs> I, I wanted a euro. But then I was worried about, like, well, what if I eat the euro instead of throwing it away? Will it blow up in my stomach? Right? It just, I, think be, I think you should be more worried about what it's going to do to your arteries. <laughs> right. Eh, and just I got get, a couple million of those, so it's all good. And just to give you an all idea, right. too, like, as far as I, I don't even mind something that's weird as long as it seems like it might be going somewhere. Like, I just read um, recently Shipwreck by. Uh, aftershock recently 
and the first issue is really weird and bizarre, but I'm like, okay, this, this is going somewhere. At least there's a story here, and I feel like this bizarreness is going to be explained to me at some point. Where Doom Patrol, I felt like none of it was ever going to be explained to me, ever. It was just, you just have to follow the ride that doesn't make any sense so so it wasn't it wasn't like one of those stephen king things where he like goes off on a tangent about a can in the corner or anything no no no, no it's it, it <laughs> felt like it, that was going to be the focal point of something yeah but whenever they get to that point of explaining it, it it's definitely not a next issue thing and mm-hmm. i just i I don't care enough to yeah. get well, seven. Just, just think if it's a hit, there'll be like a whole, you know, buffet of food <laughs> and DC comics. And... Lisa, Jan, I'm going to send you my issue of it and you tell me what you think of it when you read it. So. All, right. <laughs> All right. So from DC, uh, a few things that I had, uh, justice league versus suicide squad is, uh, starting a crossover story and it's going to just be its own little mini series. So, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, I've been enjoying the justice league, series and the suicide series so bringing them together kind of makes sense too that they would be uh against each other um i wanted to mention nightwing uh number 10 and 11 because it starts a new storyline called bloodhaven and i'm just excited about nightwing going back to bloodhaven uh because i felt like that's when that character really became his own hero is when he had his own city to take care of and I'm hoping that we'll see him go up against Blockbuster again or something like that. It would be really cool. So, um, Batgirl Volume Three going into the the trades like Travis was talking about. I definitely like to recommend certain trades. Uh, so I wanted to mention Batgirl Volume Three because it's the Cassandra Kane Batgirl, which I thought was a really good series. That's the one where she uh, didn't know how to speak uh, because she was trained to read body language. Uh, so. I always found that series really interesting because of that, because it's kind of like dealing with a Snake Eyes character. You know, how do you tell a story with when your main character can't speak? Uh, now, eventually they do, of course, she does develop the ability to uh, speak in broke, kind of like some broken English and everything else eventually, but uh, the beginning of that series was just really interesting, how they were able to, t- to fashion a story around this character that couldn't speak, but only followed, like, actual body language and everything, so... Wouldn't it be easier to just like have her die in an explosion and then somebody else picks up the mask right after and becomes the new Batgirl? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I also wanted to mention uh, this is a, a series of trades that I want to I do want to start getting uh, because I was excited when I saw they were starting it, but I didn't know if it was going to continue. Well, now they're on volume seven, so I definitely want to go back and get all the trades because it's a run that I absolutely loved, and that was Green Arrow, uh, which was the Mike Grell. Green Arrow, uh, and the art was by Rick Hoberg uh, and John Nyberg and a few others. But the Mike Grell Green Arrow, I think, was probably the best Green Arrow run that's ever been done. Uh, so they did start with Volume 1, and now they're up to Volume 7. Uh, I want to go back and get all the volumes uh, now that I know they've gone this far into it. This one actually collects issues 51 through 62. So... Uh, Anything else from DC for you, Travis? Um, nope. Get Shannon on Wonder Woman. Okay. Any way possible. Okay. Sounds, good or bad. Sounds like a good plan. I'm going to send this uh, episode to DC Comics. 
I'm sure they just. I want to rethink that, considering you're bagging on their. Uh, yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> Which, I'm going to. I, I do want to interject. This is not a preview, yeah. but a, but a, um, so Gerard Way is going to be at the North Carolina Comic Con uh-huh. next month. And, Bring him your heroes. So, so well, it's funny because you know Jacob is a big fan of My Chemical Romance, and uh, he really wants to meet him. So last year he was there. We didn't go. Oh, well, he's coming this year. So I said, okay, we'll check out. Maybe we can get hooked up with some of the guys we know to get in and you know do do what we do. Well, so Gerard Way is going to only do signings for a VIP session, and he's going to do panels. On it's a three day show. He's doing panels like four panels each day, Saturday and Sunday of the show, right? Or three, I guess three and three, and then a VIP signing session. $300 for a VIP pass to get to actually get something signed by your wow. way. Wow. So I told Jake what it would cost, and he said, yeah, I don't think so. So uh, <laughs> I give him credit, you know, because Daddy is not paying for that. Right. Uh, you know, I figured we would go and, you know, again, use our wiles to – you know, find somebody we know that's going that would, you know, sure. take us in as, you know, poor, uh, poor lonely people. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So yeah, if if you are going to uh, uh, NC Con and you have an extra spot, Gerard Way to sign something, let me know. I kind of doubt that's not the case here, but I figure I'd throw it out there to ask anyway. So sure. All right. Well, uh, on to ID. The rest of that's bananas. I'm sorry. I just yeah. Personally, yeah. bananas. Yeah. Oh, I agree. I totally agree. So. Or, or euros, as the case may be. Uh, yes. <laughs> I hope somebody pays us 300 euros for him, his autograph. Um, so on to IDW. Uh, I had quite a few things from IDW because obviously it relates to the, <laughs> a lot of stuff there relates to the show. Um, but Travis, I, I will turn things over to you once again if there's anything in particular you wanted to, to mention or discuss. Uh, I have a couple. Uh, I'm interested in Revolutionaries, number one. Yeah. Um, I've read uh, three parts of Revolution, and uh, I don't know how IDW has done it, but they have actually, like, they've, they've done a very good job of bringing everything together, and I'm, I'm very, very interested to see... Uh, where it goes so you know seeing revolutionaries uh and there's still plenty of story to go um i'm interested to see uh what the fallout of revolution is yep and then no go ahead ryan Uh, you have something to say yeah i was just gonna piggyback off of that uh obviously for anyone listening to the show for a while knows that i was really not feeling how revolution when i heard revolution was coming and the, Mar- uh, the Marvel Universe, the <laughs> cinematic universe for these Hasbro properties, I was like, how are they going to make these things work together? It just, I feel like you're going to have to change too much and everything else. And to exactly what you're saying, Travis, I think they've done, at least in the comics uh, for IDW, they've done a really good job of showing how these can all work together. In fact, they do it in a way that I think a lot of us felt made sense for a long time, like Mask joining up with G.I. Joe. It makes a lot of sense. Um, And then Transformers, like they've been having to deal with the military uh, on Earth for a while, so and going up against them a lot of times, so it makes sense that the Transformers are having to face off against G.I. Joe. Uh, You have Rom being thrown into the mix, and of course he's being uh, 
mistakenly accused of being a, a Cybertronian. So that all start like they're doing a really good job of telling a cohesive story to bring all these characters together. How Micronauts is going to fit in there, I'm not sure. I mean, I've already read Micronauts, the revolution issue, and I see how they get to our universe and everything else and how they kind of interact with the Transformers, at least. Um, but it's going to be interesting bringing that in, into this mix. That, But so far, it's been working well, so I have, I actually have faith in it right now. Hey, hey Ryan, when did, when did uh, Micronauts is what, on like issue six now? Yeah, it's on issue six, so, and then they did the one shot for Revolution, which is honestly might as well have been called issue seven. So, huh. well, so I'm wondering though. You remember we when you started because I have I have yet to read Micronauts because again I'm a bad comic book reader and, and I, <laughs> I I just don't go to the store. But um, when we when when you've talked about it before, you you've said it was it was it had some solid stuff going on, but yeah. that your you know the issue you had was that it wasn't they weren't. They, how, how do I know they're micro because they haven't gone anywhere where right. they're they're still in the micro Right. Do you think that do you think that were were, were things in place where the was the framework for revolution kind of out there already before they ever started it's seeming, the Micronauts run? Yeah, it's seeming and then, that And then way. they kind of. I just wonder because I didn't know timing wise. I can't remember. Yeah. You know, because the ROM thing was out. Like, I know we knew it was going to be free comic book day book, like right. last August right. or something. I mean, like forever and a day in advance. Right. I'm just wondering. I wonder if they, you know, we we speculated was it because of a trade? Well, did they do it because they knew they were going to launch this yeah. revolution? I very much think right. that is the case. I think they knew all along that they were going to do this, at least with Micronauts, and I think so with ROM as well, um, because when you get up through issue six. They are just, the Micronauts are just leaving their microverse. Right. They go through the entropy uh, cloud or whatever it is, uh, and the, the entropy force, and they, uh, in the revolution. End up in a hero. <laughs> right. <laughs> the, rev, the revolution Micronauts issue is them coming through the other side into our universe. Um, okay. So that's why I said it really could just be called issue seven, but they tie it into revolution. And like I said, there is a Transformers uh, crossover in that one issue. Um, uh-huh. One of the things I wanted to mention is that Micronauts Volume One is actually solicited for December. So the trade is coming out for the first six issues. So it seems like from issue seven on, it's going to be taking place on Earth. And like I said, I really like the characters. I like where they're going with this stuff. Um, I. I really enjoy the art. Also, it's kind of fun, cartoony style art, but not too cartoony. Um, so, as a fan of the original series, I think they're doing a very good job of, of with what they can do. Obviously, there's characters that I I miss like Bug and everything else, but sure. Um, yeah. But they couldn't use those characters. But they, you know, they have Biotron, they have Microtron, they have uh, Oz, who's like a Kind of like Arcturus Ron a little bit. Um, you've got uh, you've got a Croyer is in it, and he acts pretty much like you expect a Croyer to act. So, um, and Baron Carza acts just like Baron Carza. So it's it's done really well. Like I said, the art is really good. Um, so, but yeah, now that now they're finally in on Earth. So, and we kind of talked about that before you and I, where we were saying, well, probably what's going to happen is at the end of this arc is when they're going to leave the microverse. So they sure. really, they really decompressed it, but I guess they were kind of building the world that they were coming from. So unlike the old Marvel one, where it was like the first issue, they leave microverse. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, 
So the other, some of the other titles, or Travis, what else did you have? I know you said there was one or two other things for you. Uh, the other one uh, will be a, I figure, a good topic of discussion for everybody. Um, <laughs> I think I know where you're going. G.I. <laughs> Joe number one is coming out. Uh, yeah. Their other launch, another launch. Um, I think this is going to be the first one. I felt burnt with Fred Van Lenty. I felt burnt with Karen Travis, and now I just <clears throat> uh, the boy cried wolf. And I, I you know, I, this is going to be the first Joe number one where I just I, I don't think I care this time. Yeah, I will say um, the writer Aubrey Sitterson, uh you know, wrote the only thing I know that he wrote was the. G.I. Joe um, Street, Street Fighter, Fighter crossover, uh, which I was not impressed with the first issue. I have all the other issues, but because I wasn't impressed with the first one, I have not gone back to read the rest of them. I will, um, especially because I, I want to give them another chance because I did hear from Travis and I heard from a couple other people that it got better as it went along. Um, the art, I did see some of the preview pages for the art. Uh, for this G.I. Joe number one, it has a very manga-style influence to it, I think. Uh, I don't know if Travis or John or, or even uh, Shannon, if you guys have seen the preview page uh, pages for it, but uh, if you would agree with that. But I just wonder if that's what they're going for to try to get a new audience, to you know, because there are people that love that style. So uh, I'm... Is it reminiscent of one of the seri- the cartoons? Not really. And does it look like Renegades? Or- it doesn't look like Sigma Six. No. I mean, that was kind of the manga. You will. I mean, yeah. I think the yeah. bunch. Yeah. No, it didn't really. Ha- it it really just. I mean, there was like a little bit of like a like you said, just like anime manga style to it. Just a little bit, not a lot, but just a little bit for me. Um, it's. I don't know. Like you said, I much like Travis, I'm not very hopeful for it, uh, just because I, I feel like the writing's going to be just okay, and I think the art isn't going to be something that I'm going to really care for too much. But I'm going to give it a try because I'm going to review it for the at least for the YouTube video. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know how long I'll continue with it. Is the thing uh, I'm hoping I'm again much like I was with Revolution. I hope I'm proven wrong. And that it's actually something amazing, but uh, I'm not holding my breath on that. Um, John or, or Shannon, have you guys seen much about it, or what are your guys' thoughts on it? I have seen a little bit. I I thought it was interesting, and, and I'd love to potentially try to get him on the show sometime. Uh, you know, Aubrey Sitterson, when it first got announced, got very active. You know, on the yeah. boards and was yeah. out there, and and I appreciate that that he's Absolutely. trying to engage. And um, you know, I saw it, and and the the only thing I thought of was that um, the the new version of Rock and Roll reminded me of Shaggy from that new Crazy Scooby Doo book, <laughs> Scooby Doo, and he with yeah. the, the earrings, and yeah, I mean, it just you know, look, I, everybody knows where I stand on a lot of this stuff. I am I going to buy it? No, I, I don't care. I don't care. I, you know, but yeah. I hope. I hope it does find an audience. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And, you know, IDW will be pushing something else in no time. Um, I don't need to say anything else. So, 
I have one other thing to say. Quick Kick has shoes and is wearing clothes, so I'm out. (laughs) Well, and here's the thing, too, that's amazing is going back to the revolution is, and Travis, I I don't know if you agree with this, but I feel like they're doing a really great job with Joe in the revolution miniseries. They are, and I I think it has to do with Colin Bunn, personally. Uh, But, yeah, I like how everything has, uh, you know, like I said, within the preview the issue one and then the rom how everything has has flowed but i i will credit colin bunn on that uh for being a, a talented writer uh, yeah. but he, i do he like did how a, he's, he did a tribute to issue 21 and in, in six guns so come on i mean you know he yeah. knows the property and yeah. actually had a chance to talk to colin Oh, several years ago at a free comic book day where he was there signing and unfortunately everybody was there collecting sketches and so I was talking to uh, Brian Hurt who was his uh, artist on Six Gun and he was and we talked to Joe for a little bit so uh, it doesn't surprise me it seems like he does a lot of property stuff and yeah and, and seems to get it so yeah. Uh, yeah yeah um some of the uh, well one of the things too uh. I wanted to mention, since we mentioned Rom, is I have made it very clear that I have not been enjoying Rom. However, I will say the Revolution issue of Rom, uh, while the story was still kind of same standard fare that I've been reading in the Rom series, uh, the art I thought was significantly better than it was in the ongoing series. I think the ongoing series art for Rom has been subpar to be very honest uh i think the coloring in the ongoing series it makes it look very flat um whereas i thought the art and the coloring in the one shot was very reminiscent of stuff with that we've seen as far as like having it more of an 80s feel to it and everything else i thought it was done very very well a lot of detail a lot of dynamic coloring uh, I thought it was done significantly better than the ongoing series, so I'm kind of hoping maybe that that artist will transition over into something, or even transition over into the ongoing series itself. So, um, Travis, did you have you read much more of Rom? Have you did you read the the Revolution issue or? Um, I that's the next one that I have to read. I've read Rom one, two, and three. Um, it's not the greatest. Um, I know. I know you and I have talked about it on. Uh, we've texted back and forth. I feel like the the writer and his name is leaving my is not is Ryo. I can't think of it. Chris yeah. Ryo. Yeah. Chris. He's just trying too hard. Yeah. Like you can tell that he has a, a, a passion and he wants to, you know, re not reinvent the wheel, but he wants to bring back a lot uh, of that. 80s rom uh, title that that is so good, but you can just tell he's just he's just trying too hard. He, like uh, at at this point, he's just a bad cover band. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting you say that. I, I, and okay, so you try to recreate magic or, or really solid stuff, but if you think about it, you can't in this day and age. How do you do that when you're writing to the trade? Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, while Rom had an overarching story in the original run, you could pick up if you just saw the one with Dire Wraith, or if you saw one with the Micron, or whoever. You know, yeah. if there was a guest, you, know, you asked that question. I think uh, Travis, when, when Robert had done the variant cover, you're like, oh, what about this? So it, it's a shame that you know he could try that, but if again, if he is being expected to write to 
okay, you got to get five or six to put in a put in a trade. You can't write that way. Yeah, that's, you could. That's a good point. You know, I mean, it's, you know, it's so. It, I, and I'm not. Again, I did. I I read the free comic book day issue. I thought it was just really, really not good. Yeah. Well, and uh, I, you know, I it, think it, it totally took of, me out of it. So I wasn't going to spend four dollars on a comic when the free one just turned me off yeah. immediately. So yeah. uh, I think that's why Rom Revolution and Revolution is working is a better book for Rom. Because all through Rom, it was a lot about the team ups and him, you know, someone just popping up. And I, he, it, it felt the Rom Revolution felt more like the old Rom book than yeah. the monthly title because, you know, the other characters were showing up in yeah. it. And it, so he's I, engaged with other other characters, right, sure, right, exactly. And and the thing is too, like uh, when it comes, and I actually think this would work towards the trade. I actually think it almost suffers. The Rom book almost suffers from the Spider-Man 3 syndrome, which is I feel like he's trying to tell too much in these first three issues. Like the first three issues that I read of the series, he is just cramming every detail about Rom and the dire race and, and all this type of stuff. There is so much dialogue going on to explain everything. And then there's thought uh, narration and all these other types of stuff. I, I feel like he's not letting the story just progress naturally on its own like i need to let the readers know early on all this information about rom and the dire race and everything else and I, I feel like it's just too much being crammed in there and it's getting in the way of the story um but is he is he doing that because if you don't sell enough books in a month then he's going to get yanked i don't know it could I be mean, you know in other words so yeah i mean you know you think i mean let's face it we're talking about a title that's based on a toy that was a flop. Right. Shannon, Shannon, maybe. Did you own one, Shannon? What? A ROM figure? No, I did. See, I mean, you know, I mean, okay, okay. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I never owned that- one. I, I remember I thought they looked cool, but then you see it, and it's like, wow, this really isn't that great. But again, that I, I, I don't want to say. It almost seems like people are. I don't. Wanna, it seems like everything's a miniseries now. Yeah. It's just a question of how long. How many books can I sell? Is it you know? And, and do I expect a ROM book to make it ninety? What is the original one? Were ninety six issues? Seventy five. Seventy five. Seventy five. Okay. So Four do annual. I expect? Yeah. Yeah. Do I expect a ROM book to run seventy five issues these days? No. Yeah. But is he trying? Is he maybe? Is he compensating for? I want to get my. I want to tell the story that best I can tell, but I know I may only have. Eight issues to do it, in or 10 and that and that's fair. But then at the same time, by him doing that, it's actually making not a great story. <laughs> I understand? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I get it. I just yeah. and I'm, I'm a, just playing catch twenty two. It is. It is. It's a delicate balance. When I was talking to James Cahork, who who did a six million dollar man, he said that was the same problem he had yeah. uh, when he did what was it series six? Because he was saying that you know uh, was it Dynamite put it out and they were basically okay you. You've got this amount of time to do what you want to do, okay. And and he was trying to cram this whole, basically like a season into six issues. Gotcha. So, I mean, sometimes it's just you're stuck with that situation, and you're trying to do a lot that you can't really do in a short period of time. Yeah. And and who knows? Maybe as the series goes on, if it does continue past like five or six issues and everything else. Maybe he'll have all that back matter established, so then he'll feel more comfortable just focusing on a story uh, rather than feeling like he has to fill the audience in on everything that's going on or everything that has gone on and everything. So, I don't know. Um, after uh, 
Revolution. Also, we have the Transformers titles are relaunching. So in November, we have an Optimus Prime series starting, uh, which I think will be interesting. Uh, and then we're going to have trans in December. We're going to have Transformers Lost Light number one, uh, which is basically replacing more than meets the eye. Um, and then uh, on, I wrote down on page 164, there's a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> so just to touch on uh, page 164, we have G.I. Joe, American Hero, number 235, which is Snake in the Grass, part six. Uh, is that the conclusions, Shannon, of that story, or do you not remember? Um, Why? For Snake in the Grass, is part six the end of that, or...? I don't know. Okay, I'm I just... never. He, the, wait, I never knew what the title was until the books came out. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Right? Because as far as I know, it's just the next issue. You know? right, God right. knows where that's going to go. <laughs> fair enough. Okay. I mean, we we know somebody doesn't exactly plan ahead on these things. <laughs> Who? <laughs> uh, There's an owl it. somewhere on the recording. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. I understand. Yeah. Um. So moving. Well, who on. is the snake in the grass? <laughs> so 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 moving. It's not on. Snake Eyes. He's dead. Right. <laughs> or is <Yes>. he? <laughs> I don't know. Now he's having his first period. Apparently. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So moving right. on. I was having that, moving I was having on. Oh come on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Uh, Transformers Autocracy trilogy. So this is. Uh, there was three. Um, like mini series that came out, there was Autocracy, uh, Monstrosity, and Primacy uh, that all came out. And now what they're doing is they're taking all three of those and putting them into a nice collected hardcover edition. So that's pretty cool. Uh, it's got the art by Livio uh, Raimondelli, uh, which is a very painted style, but it really works for these stories. And then we have the IDW Collection Volume Seven, which is Chuck Dixon and Mike Costa, uh, and uh, this is collecting, it's a hardcover collection. It collects uh, G.I. Joe Season 2, Issues 5 through 8, Cobra 5 through 8, and Snake Eyes 5 through 8. Um, and then also continuing with Transformers, we have Volume 1 of Till All Are One, which I believe that title, Till All Are One, are, is still going to continue past Revolution. I don't think that one's getting a relaunch. Hey Ryan, I got a question for yeah. you on the Joe book on the trade. Yeah. So have they changed? I know. I know you've got the Marvel, you know, the real American hero run yeah. in order with you know Jeremy's and those two toy two packs and those kind of things all kind of in in chronological order. Right. Are the so the IDW books are those the I. I they they just kind of take whatever story. So if it's from Origins, it's from, yeah. from Cobra. They just are those chronological? Is that or are they printed as here's three of Snake Eyes, here's three of this, and three of this? Or it's done is more. It, or, it's done more just like the G.I. Joe or Realmaker here, where it is in a kind of a chronological or a suggested okay. a suggested reading order. Oh, okay, uh, good. Okay, yeah, yeah. So they did that with Transformers as well, and I think that was the first time they started doing that. And they, I think, in the very first volume of Transformers, they actually mentioned that they're like. This isn't necessarily in chronological order. It's not necessarily in publication order. It's in the, the suggested reading order uh, that IDW, which is mostly chronological. It's mostly like, okay, this takes place at the same time, so let's put these stories together. Um, gotcha. so, so, yeah, that's what you get with the IDW uh, universe ones as well. So, um, 
and then I, I would be. <laughs> I'm going to get so much shit for this, but I am, I would be remiss if I did not mention that uh, Gem, the Misfits number one, is going to be coming out in December. So the Misfits, which are the enemy of Gem, are actually getting their own ongoing series. So uh, And that's going to be done by Kelly Thompson, who is the writer of the Gem series, which she has done an, a really great job with that series. So it's uh, I think those two books will work really well together. Uh, and then I also wanted to mention, we mentioned it last episode with Robert on the line, but I wanted to mention that uh, Batman and TMNT Adventure starts in November, and for December we get uh, on the cover Harley Quinn makes an appearance, so that should be, that should be pretty cool. And that's all I had for IDW. Uh, oh, I do have one more. Yeah. Sorry, I just saw this. Yeah. Um, the we, Since we didn't do... November or uh-huh. last month's. Yeah. Um, they are reprinting. Uh, IDW is reprinting uh, the comic book history of comics. Uh, yes. Uh, don't let the solicitation fool you. It was originally just called Comic Book Comics about seven years ago. Right. Um, this is a great uh, book on literally the history of comic books. So uh, I recommend it um, to, to check it out. Uh, that's it. Yeah, I, I would wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, yeah. And I believe Fred Van Linty wrote it, didn't he? Uh, yeah, Fred right, Van yeah. Linty and uh, Ryan Ryan Dunleavy. Uh, Dunleavy Dunlavy. did the art. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's a great book. Chris Campbell was actually kind enough to give me his copy at a Baltimore con many many moons ago, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was nice. educational and entertaining, and yeah, it's good stuff. Very cool. Um, also, I wanted to just quickly mention that uh, Mask number two will be in December. We didn't get a chance last month to get together to mention uh, November solicitations. So uh, Mask number one comes out in November. Number two is in, De- in December. It's the same team that did the uh, Revolution Mask one-shot, which I thought was fantastic. Uh, if you were hesitant at all on them on idw doing a good job of mask and doing right by the property the one shot has given has made me very confident that we're going to get a mask comic book that we will enjoy both in art and story so uh, i was very 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 pleased to see that they uh did a good job of that so uh on to image uh, Travis, did you have anything for Image? I had one thing, and that was it. So, um, I had nothing in Image. Okay, <laughs> Image has been a little bit of a sour note for me, other than the stuff I continuously get from them. Uh, right. Like, there's some ongoing series that I'm still getting, but the only thing I wanted to note uh, is, of course, I Hate Fairyland Volume Two. Fluff My Life trade paperback is <laughs> is coming out in December, and that is issues uh, 6 through 10. So um, I had to mention it just because of the title of the trade. So <laughs> uh, I'm still enjoying it. It's still one of the top books. Like when I get it, I read it right away. Uh, so could not recommend getting the trades at the very least uh, enough. So... Uh, the rest of the book, uh, so I have some, I have one thing for Aftershock. Do you have anything before we get into Aftershock, Travis? Uh, no, my next is, 
fun publications. Okay. So I have a few things before that, so let me just mention those real quick here. So one is I have really been enjoying the stuff that Aftershock's been doing. Uh, I I don't like everything I've read by them, but most of the stuff I've read by them has been really good. Uh, so they're actually coming out with a trade in December, uh, which is Adam Glass wrote it and Patrick uh, Olaf is the artist, and it was Rough Riders Volume 1 is the trade. And this is Teddy Roosevelt. Uh, and he's he collects uh, a bunch of other famous people from that time period, such as like Annie Oakley, and uh, who else did he, does he get? Harry Houdini and Thomas Edison. Uh, he gathers them all together to f- face off against a threat, and it's very entertaining. It's completely ridiculous, but it's very entertaining. So. Um, and then uh, from American Mythology, on page 266, uh, we have the Pink uh, Pink Panther Cartoon Hour Special. And there is a, I assume from looking at this, is a wraparound cover done by our very own Mr. Gallant. Is, am I correct that that's a wraparound cover for that issue? I, I haven't seen it. I don't know. I did a, I did a cast shot. That I thought it was really just going to be like a center spread. Okay. Yeah, this is not he like, may, he, They may have decided to use it for the cover, but yeah. it's like everybody from the TV show. Yeah, that's what this is. Yep. yep. It's the cover now. There's yeah. like two planes flying in the top. Yes. Yes. Okay. And that's, a, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. So they're cool. doing it as a as a cover image. So, um, and a lot of characters that I recognize. There's a couple in there that I don't remember from the cartoon, but uh, most of them I do remember. So. Um, how much? So, how much research did you have to do, or did you know all of these characters and just? I knew most of them. Um, there were a couple that I don't remember that I had to kind of track down. Okay. Because some of the stuff only recently came back out on DVD. Okay. Um, like Tijuana Toads and Crazy Lake Crane. Yeah. Those are out on DVD, but they haven't released like Mr. Jaws or The Dog Father. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know the Dog Father, and I didn't know Mister Jaw. I didn't know the Tijuana Toads. I remember them. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I mean, some of that stuff was was, was difficult to track down. Other other you know, like the Dog Father, I literally found like one JPEG. Okay. <laughs> like I mean, it was next to impossible to find. So. Wow. Um. Yeah. So I mean, it's so, a it's a cool cover though. Uh, I'm ordering it, and I once I saw that you drew that one, that's the one that I got. I especially like wraparound covers, so I was like, let me go ahead and get that one. So, nice. um, And then from Antarctic Press, uh, for the NBA season that's coming up, they they actually have a uh, Baller Fett t-shirt. It's Boba Fett in, uh, done in the style of the NBA logo, which ah. I thought was pretty funny. So. <laughs> so he's like a white silhouette with the red on one side and the blue on the other, so... Um, and does it say Star Wars or Boba? Does it say it, something or is it, it just, it just a says, design? It just says Fett under it. Like That's cool. Okay. Where, where it would yeah. say NBA, it says Fett. Sure, so, sure. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, it was it was a cool-looking T-shirt. Um, and then from Boom, uh, on page 296, for those following along at home, uh, we have Jim Henson's The Storyteller, Giants number 1. 
This one I'm iffy on because when they did Witches, I didn't like it. It was a miniseries, and I actually stopped it at issue two because I didn't like it that much. Uh, but then when I read Dragons, I thought that was really good. So I'm, I'm hoping Giants will be good as well. Uh, then on the opposite page, I wanted to mention uh, uh, Claws and the, Win- and the Witch of Winter by Grant Morrison. It's just a one-shot from what I can tell. But I act... I've always mentioned Grant Morrison's very hit or miss for me. Well, uh, his Claws story miniseries was a, was actually a big hit for me. I actually really enjoyed that story, so I'm looking forward to picking up this one shot. And I hope he, I actually hope he comes back with even more. So, um, then uh, from Dynamite on page 324, we have Red Sonya number zero. And one of the big reasons I'm trying this issue, just got to be perfectly honest, is that it's for 25 cents. So Yum. <laughs> yum. <laughs> it's a definite yum. <laughs> um, That'll make it worth 50 cents. Right. <laughs> One each. So, so if when it's, a, when it's 25 cent cover price, yeah. or is that DCBS price? No, that's cover price. So what is it DCBS then? Do they give you a discount on yeah. that or is it just a quarter? Some no, sometimes it's I think for this one it was actually like sixteen cents or something like that. Wow, okay. Um but they have also done it when it was like a quarter, they've actually done it where it's free. So huh. uh they have done that before as well. And it is thirty two pages, so it's a full comic. Uh it's you're not getting uh shorted just because it's a, a cheap issue or anything like that. Um but it's written by Amy Chu and the artist is Carlos Gomez who I'm not familiar with. I've heard Amy Chu's name before, but I'm not familiar with Carlos Gomez. So, um, And then I didn't get to mention it last month, but uh, on page uh, 334, Flash Gordon King's Cross number one is coming out in November. Number two comes out in December. Uh, I highly recommend these issues if you were a fan of Defenders of the Earth, because that's essentially what these King's Cross stories miniseries are. They are, uh, you got the Phantom, you got Mandrake the Magician, you got Flash Gordon, uh, they've even brought like Prince Valiant into it and everything else. They're really well done, uh, and I actually like the fact that they're mini-series instead of an ongoing series because you just have your your very concise story that's all put together, so. All right, Travis, that's all I have Uh up until Fun Pub, so why don't you go ahead with the the Fun Fun Pub solicitation there? The Fun Pub solicitation is GI Joe versus Cobra Project Downfall Special. Uh, this which is, says a lot. <laughs> yes, this is the complete comic to uh, uh, what the uh, Joe Con uh, preview comic is. So, if for those familiar. Or unfamiliar. Every year at Joe Con, there is a comic, uh, but it is half the story. And then at the end, they say, you know, to be continued, and then they release the full story and the full comic uh, at a later time. So this is that full story with a new cover um, based off of this year's figures at Joe Con uh, with, uh, shoot, who are the Sky Patrol? The Sky Patrol yeah. and all of the uh, parachuting uh, Joe characters. Yep. And like I said, with with the name of it 
being what it is uh, and knowing what we know about Jokon, <laughs> seems seems only fitting that it was called the down uh, Project Downfall. So, um, so uh, the next thing I have is from Joe Books. I don't know if you have anything before that. Um, page three sixty eight. No, mine is 463. Okay. So I've just got a couple things before that. So I've got from Joe Books, Darkwing Duck, Volume 1. I had mentioned uh, that uh, basically Joe Books picked up where uh, I think it was Boom that had it before, the Darkwing Duck series. It's the same creators, same writer and artist and everything that did it when it was over at Boom. Now it's over at Joe Books. Uh, So Volume 1 came out of the new stories. So worth picking up. And then uh, from Valiant, uh, page 438, we have Ninjak Deluxe Edition, book one hardcover. So I've always liked the Ninjak character, uh, and I this is the only way I've been getting the Valiant books is through the hardcovers. So uh, so this was definitely a highlight for me in, in the issues. So All right, what's on page, uh, you said 463? 463 through, it just says comics, so odd. Uh, the spotlight on the bottom right-hand corner, it is the 1964 New York Comic Con, even though we're not there today, uh, the true story behind the world's first Comic Con. Uh, so it's a, a soft cover book that uh, goes into stories uh, of the very first Comic Con uh that was had, uh, you know, Steve Ditko was there, which is very rare. If you know your Steve Ditko lore, being the introvert he is, so uh, I'm interested to uh, to read about that and to find out, you know, a little bit about that. Very cool. Very cool. Um, yeah, I didn't even see that. That seems really interesting. So, um. So the, the next thing that I have is, of course, Star Wars related. There's actually three books coming out, of course, in December, because what else comes out Great. in December is... More books. <laughs> what else comes out in December but the Rogue One movie. So you, of course, have the Rogue What's One. What's that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you son of a Is bitch. it straight to DVD? No, it's not straight to DVD. <laughs> is it animated? Which, by the way, have you guys seen the latest trailer? For it, no, no, no. It's on the Star Joe's page uh, in the fan page. Uh, it's also on my page, I think. But uh, <laughs> jackass. <laughs> What's a Star Joe's? <laughs> but uh, it doesn't give you a whole lot more. But there are some little uh, extra things that seem to play into the story. Like there's something with Jin uh, Ur- uh, Urso's father and things like that. So. Um, they're evidently uh, important to the story. So, but the novelization comes out, <laughs> which <laughs> I hate even mentioning that with Shannon on the, <laughs> on the line. <laughs> Son of a bitch! Right. <laughs> um, there's also uh, the the art of Rogue One, which is the the concept art and everything. Uh, and then this one cracked me up. It's the art of coloring Star Wars Rogue One. So if you really want to color in, you know, 
the, all those troopers getting shot and everything else, um, then you can get a coloring book. <laughs> Aren't they there. all black and white? I mean, yeah, how long does it much. take to color that in? <laughs> pretty much. And they're pretty much done for you. Well, you know what the funniest thing was that I saw at Baltimore Con was the uh, the Walking Dead coloring book. I was like, isn't it a black and white comic book anyway? <laughs> <laughs> Just buy the book. I was say, can they I just, just release the... it every month, the coloring book. Yeah, I was say, can I just buy the trade and color it? <laughs> so, Man. Um, and then the last thing I had uh, from the main previews book, Travis, I know you certainly want to uh, probably have this marked in yours, so I'll let you go ahead and uh, mention it. Uh, yes, it is page 472. Yes. Uh, the... Nintendo 64 Anthology Collector's Edition hardcover. Um, Ryan and I both uh, did a Kickstarter for a Nintendo uh, book uh, that's very similar to this, to where each Nintendo game ever created had its own little article, pictures. Uh, Ended up being an amazing book. I was glad that I funded it. Uh, To to clarify, too, we supported a Kickstarter. We didn't actually create the Kickstarter. (laughs) You were like, Ryan and I did a Kickstarter for an Nintendo oh. book. <laughs> I was like, no, we didn't. <laughs> Oops. We we helped fund, yes. uh, <laughs> donated, whatever the, the words are. But yes. the Nintendo 64 uh, looks uh, same thing, but based off yeah. of the solicitation, they're going to go through, talk about each of the games, uh, how the... Uh, how the Nintendo 64 paired in, uh, you know, video game history. Just an, another uh, tabletop history book. Something that when you go through, you'll relive your your childhood. And like you said, the the Nintendo one that was done through the Kickstarter was amazing. Uh, it is a hefty tome. It is just like every single game you could imagine is in there. There's screenshots. There's pictures of the, what the cartridge looked like. There's pictures of what the box art looked like. Uh, there's a review of each of the games uh, by the author and everything. It, and then it goes into like the controllers that were out for the system and, and all that type of stuff. This looks like it's going to be the same type of thing. Uh, our buddy Sam was like was a book that covers like four video games because Nintendo 64, and not a lot of people know this, but there was a lot of games that came out for it. Uh, this actually mentions that there's 388 games sold in Japan uh, and uh, the U.S., Europe, and Australia. So when you take in all of the different countries of the world, there was a lot of games, and there was a lot in the U.S. And I think one of the things that we talked about, Travis, with him was that even though there might not be a lot of known games in the U.S., like as far as people don't really remember the Nintendo 64, some of the games that were done for the Nintendo 64 that people do remember were really monumental, groundbreaking games. Uh, right, like the Mario sixty four was the first Mario game that was in the three D world. Uh, these Legend of Zelda game, uh, uh, Ocarina, is it the Ocarina of Time or something? yeah, Ocarina of Time? Yeah, uh, most people consider consider that a perfect Zelda game. Yeah, like it, it's uh, the the gold standard uh, of Zelda games is Ocarina yeah. of Time. Uh, I know we, I had told Sam he's a wrestling fan, but. No Mercy. You know, when you talk to any wrestling fan, they say their favorite wrestling game was No Mercy. So, you know, the the N64 did have, uh, like you said, may not have been the most popular, but it really had some gems for gameplay. Yeah. 
So, uh, so yeah, that's definitely a game, and I didn't even didn't even notice. Again, this was a book I didn't even notice in previews, and I was so glad you mentioned it to me because this is one that I definitely uh, need to own. Now, now we talked about since the Nintendo one's out there and this one's out there, all we need is someone to make the SNES book that covers all the games that the SNES had, and we'll be all set. So, um, so that's all I had for the main previews. Did you have anything else for main previews before we jump into Marvel stuff? Uh, I have one other thing because sure. I have nothing in the Marvels previews because it's all, like I said, it's all just monthly books. Sure. Uh, in the very, very back, um, page five ninety nine. Okay. Uh, I, it's uh, you know I know Ryan, well John and Shannon all know I have a love for uh, Power Rangers and Super Sentai. Uh, I also love Toy Story. So on page five ninety nine. Oh yeah. There is a. Uh, it's called the. Chagatti uh, Buzz Space Ranger Combiner Chokogun Action Figure. Uh, so can you say that three times fast? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, basically, what it is, it's a uh, Combiner War uh, Super Sentai Megazord Buzz Lightyear that turns into a giant uh, robot to take on uh, Lord Zed. it really Lord. well. I, I said Lord Zed, and it's not even Zed, it's Zord. Or Zork. I'm confusing all of mine. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a Zord. <laughs> it is. No, but it, it looks awesome. Uh, it I saw a preview for it uh, at San Diego Comic-Con, and uh, now that I know that it's coming out in February, I, I'm probably going to have to buy a giant transforming Buzz Lightyear Megazord. And did they already do, or is it coming out later? There's uh, one f- with uh, Woody. I think there's one. I, I think that is coming out later. Okay. And that's got all the other. That one's got the main characters in it, like uh, Woody and uh, Hammy and oh, all that. Yeah, Hammy and Slink and and all those guys. Yeah, yeah. So everyone wants to get on the combiner. Uh, train that Transformers started. So, um, so I did have uh, quite a few things to mention for Marvel, but most of them I can go through pretty quickly here. Hey, before uh, you do that, yeah. I gotta jump. I gotta jump. So, okay. um, we'll catch you next go yeah. around. Uh, I, you gotta edit, but I'll call you guys about getting together next week. Sounds good. Okay. Whenever yeah, I'm gonna take off too. Start. Okay. Yeah. No, I could. Yeah. Um, right. You guys want to give out your information? Mm-hmm. Sure, you, you know your- where to find me. <laughs> okay. uh, I do want to say this right quick. I, I do want to do a Virginia Comic Con plug. Sure. Virginia Comic Con is coming up last weekend of the month. You've heard me talking about it for quite a bit. I will tell you that we will have Star Joe's luminaries such as Brian Shearer and JP and uh, Grub. And our friend Andre is coming down for the whole weekend. <laughs> so, uh, you know, if, if you're in shouting distance, uh, Keith Knutson, I'm sure I, he will be around as well. And if I forgot anybody, I apologize. I'll get you next time. But, yeah, um, really excited about the show. Really would love to see everybody come out. Again, if you want to get a nice local con, uh, much smaller than New York, which none of us are attending, but – you know, a hundred thousand as opposed to several thousand. You know, you take your pick. VAComicCon.com there, and I'll see you guys next time. Sounds good. And Shannon, how can they find your stuff? Stuff. They can just find me at SLGallant.com. Um, if they're on Facebook, they can look me up by my name. 
Okay. But basically, I'm, I'm right now. I'm in the middle of doing Draloween and slash Inktober, so I'm publishing sketches every day that are just kind of Halloween themed. Awesome. Month. Very cool. Your Bride of so, Frankenstein was awesome yesterday or the day before, whenever that got posted. Thanks. I appreciate that. Very but cool. yeah, every, every day is a different theme. So very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us, guys. And uh, Travis and I will close the show out then. All right. Have a good night, guys. All right. Take care. See ya. All right. So, Travis, uh, I'll wrap up the the Marvel stuff. Like I said, it's it's mostly uh, um, uh, quick hits, but they were just like you said, it's a a lot of ongoing stuff that's coming out. I know one or two of them you might have something to say about. uh, So jump in with anything that you have. But uh, Inhumans versus X-Men, number one. So this is another event that I'm sad to say might be the end of the X-Men as we know it. Uh, It's kind of it's they've done the death of X miniseries. Now they have this. Um, I feel like they're going to try to find some way to still use these characters. This is my guess, but I feel like they're going to try to find some way to still use the X Men characters without using the X Men name. I I agree. I'm I'm interested in it. Uh, I picked up the death of X uh, issue one. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I loved. Obviously, I traded my USS flag for X Men, so I have an affinity for late 80s uh, and, and early 90s X-Men, so I'm, I'm interested to see uh, where they go. So I will pick this up for uh, just to see, you know, will our beloved X-Men be gone? Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Hawkeye number one is starting, and I just mentioned that because it is the Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Uh, so I'm very interested. It's a character I've liked ever since uh, Young Avengers. So I am interested in this uh, ongoing series. Uh, Nova number one is coming out in December, and this will bring back the Richard Ryder Nova. Uh, Sam Alexander is not going anywhere. He's still going to be around as well. Uh, but Richard Ryder's coming back. Uh, tied into the cosmic stuff, we have three new launches of Rocket Raccoon number one, Star-Lord number one, and Gamora number one. Uh, I'm probably... In all honesty, most interested in Gamora number one because we've been hearing about that being an ongoing series uh, that was going to come out for a long time, uh, and the artwork on it looks impressive. Uh, if you actually look at uh, it's on page 26 of the Marvel previews, there is a variant cover done by Marco Cicchetto, uh that looks absolutely gorgeous. Well, Marco Cicchetto is the artist on the actual issue too, so. Uh, if, okay. that, if that's what his art's going to look like inside the book as well, I am a thousand percent on board. So, because um, it's absolutely beautiful. Um, and then this is the one I figure you would probably be most interested in. We didn't get to mention it last month. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man: Renew Your Vows number one comes out in November, and number two comes out in December. Uh, looking at the cover for number two, it looks like, and I could be wrong, but it looks like. Spider-Man's daughter is on the cover, but she's older in this series. Which so, page is that again? Uh, that's going to be on page 47. 47. I'm looking at the Spider-Man part, and I don't see it. There we go. Yeah. Uh, oh, wow. I, the like, old man. Like she's, like she's grown up. No, that's that's Mary Jane. Oh, okay. That's MJ, yeah. Um, they all have powers now. Okay. Like from the end of... Oh, that's right. Uh, okay. Uh, the Secret Wars uh, stuff? Yeah. I about said uh, 
not countdown convergence, but that was DC's. <laughs> that was DC's thing. Yeah, that's MJ. Yeah. Okay, it looks like the daughter is down in. Uh, if you're looking at the cover there, she's in the, the lower right bottom corner. Yeah, you okay. got me all excited. I was like, "Holy crap, is that Mayday?" Or yeah. you know, the original. But then I went, "Oh, yeah. it's all good." I do It'll like, still be. Yeah, I do like that costume for MJ though. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. Um, and then I wanted to mention X Men '92 number ten. Uh, which is interesting to say it that way. But uh, it's the comic series that was based on the cartoon series from 92. Uh, I just wanted to mention it because it is the last issue of that that's coming out. So I know our buddy Sam is going to be probably a little sad about that because he was collecting that and reading it and and enjoying it. Um, Evidently, it it did really well as a miniseries for Secret Wars, but didn't really take off too much with, uh, with people when it came to actually being an ongoing series. So... Uh, and then the rest of what I have to talk about is pretty much almost all Star Wars stuff, which we have on page 95, Star Wars Classified, number one and two, which I'm sure it's not called Classified, but they're not telling us what it is. <laughs> right. I know. I I remember texting you about this going, yeah. hmm. And then when you told me, you said... Uh, Travis, this is when Rogue One comes out. I hit my head against the wall multiple times going, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> but it's like, how long they can they keep it classified? Because I imagine it's classified right now because they don't want to spoil anything for Rogue One. But you have to figure something has to be revealed about what this is before December, doesn't it? Other- well, yeah, what I am... I, I don't know for sure, uh, and I can only speak from. Let me see. Yeah, it doesn't say on here. Um, what I'm willing to bet is I bet the final order cutoff, um, which is uh, for people that, uh, for your comic shop owners, uh, your final uh, order cutoff is uh, a month or two. Well, not a month or two, about a month down the road from this. So. Yeah. I would be willing to bet, and I only know that from talking to Tony because this type of stuff drives him crazy. Yeah. Because they never find out uh, what, like, it's Star Wars classified. But I, I would be, I, dime on a dollar, the day before final order cutoff, they're going to release what these solicitations are. Right. And then he'll be able to make his order uh, based off of that. Uh, if not, then then he's ordering blind. Yeah, like, <laughs> and that's the thing that sucks for him, and it sucks for fans, too. I mean, obviously, I'm getting it because it's Star Wars, but uh, most people don't order like that. So, um, Well, yeah, and then there's so many covers, like, oh, look, there's a droids cover. Well, yeah. which droids are on there? Right. You know, like... Yeah, is it the Rogue I, One droids? Is it R2 and 3PO? Is it BB-8? Is, you know... Right. Um, there's an action figure variant cover. It's like, well, action figure variant of who? And uh, uh, I know for DCB service, they didn't even list some of these variants as an option. Like, I normally get the action figure covers along with the regular cover, and I they didn't even have that as an option. If I didn't have previews, I wouldn't have known that there was an action figure variant for it. So, um, so it, it's, yeah, I, I think a lot of the comic shops just don't know what to order because they don't know what this is, so... Um, I wanted to mention Star Wars number 26 uh, because this is another story with uh, that uh, where they go through the journals of Ben Kenobi and those stories have been really good. 
this one also features the legendary adventure of Jedi Master Yoda. So, you know I'm on board for that. Yeah. And then, on, uh, <laughs> you guys made me aware of this, and uh, it's it's a bit out of my price range, but... <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> you have all the other variants, you may as well get this. It's the Star Wars box set slipcase, which goes for $350. Uh, it has all of the all the hardcover editions of all the movies... Uh, the collected editions, plus the uh, the Shattered Empire hardcover collection, the uh, Darth Vader Volume 1, the Star Wars Volume 1, the Heroes of a New Hope, which is the miniseries of like Leia, Chewbacca, and Lando, uh, the hardcover of that, the Marvel Covers Volume 1 hardcover, uh, and then there's a box set poster that comes with it as well. Uh I have a, I could be wrong here, but I have a feeling that buying those things separately would be cheaper than getting them in this box set. <laughs> yeah, I I would. Yeah, I'd be willing to bet that real. But well, it's a lot of hardcovers, though. So it is a lot of hardcovers. But did they release hardcovers for each of the movies? They like did. the adapt. Did, did they of the adaptation? Yes. So they did do that. Yeah, they did them. They did. So here's the thing, and I mentioned this to you guys. Uh, as far as my reasoning behind it and everything else, obviously number one price is ridiculous, but <laughs> that's the number one reason. <laughs> but when Voltron from Mattel came out, uh, the the toys that you could buy, they released right. one every two months. I was able to get Voltron because I was able to get one of the lions every two months. If they had released that you could get all five lions in one month, and that's the only time you could get them, I would not have the Voltron that I have right now, because that's a big chunk of change. <laughs> um, so when these volumes were coming out for the movie adaptations in hardcover, I was getting them each month they came out. Uh, I cannot get them in a $350 slipcase box set. <laughs> so... So I am glad they yeah. So I am glad they they did come out with the hardcovers and all these other hardcovers are available separately as well. So if you're someone like me where it's like yeah you can't drop three hundred fifty dollars on a slipcase, which don't get me wrong the slipcase hardcover looks really cool, but if you can't but you still want to get all of these volumes the all these hardcovers are available now and you could buy like one a month or one every couple months and get all of them so. Uh, they are all available. There's not like there's one volume that only comes with this slipcase collection, and you can't get it any other way. So they did not do that. I'm going to make a bold prediction, and I will bet that as early as not next year's Baltimore, 2017, but I bet in 2018, two years from now, that this will be in all of those discounted uh, <laughs> trade, like, you know what I, you know what I'm, you don't oh, yeah. talk about the oh, dealers yeah. that have all the the trade over stock. Yep. Uh, I bet this will be all over uh, those those booths in two years. It very well could be. Uh, I think it'll still be pretty pricey then, but I think you can maybe find it for like one fifty or something like that. Right. You'll, you'll be. It'll still be over a hundred dollars, but it you know with everything like you've already said being printed once. Yeah. Um, Unless you've got to have it, buy it now. But I would, I would, I would hold out. Yeah. 
Um, now, the only thing that's kind of cool with the slipcase, and again, totally not worth it for the price, but is that each volume uh, it has on the spine, when you put them all next to each other, it spells out Star Wars, which that's, uh, kind, yeah. that's kind of cool, but again, not worth the price of admission. So um, the other thing I wanted to mention was Star Wars Legends Epic Collection, the Clone Wars Volume 1. This collects a lot of it collects the uh, the legend stuff collects the dark horse stuff, and this has a lot of the one shots that they did. There was a lot of Star Wars Jedi one shots, uh, one for Mace Windu, one for Shakti, one for Ala Sakura, one for Count Dooku, and one for Yoda, and uh, and then there's some other issues that they have in there as well, uh, including some stories from Star Wars Visionaries, which was a very good uh, trade paperback that came out. So. But I will say those one shots that were done of various um, uh, of the various uh, Jedi's and everything else uh, were very good. So um, I actually want to I, yeah go ahead. I probably will pick it up. Uh, and it's funny, like <clears throat> a little peek behind the curtain. I uh, I have started. Well, Ryan knows this. I have started listening to Star Joe's from Episode One, and you literally. <laughs> I, it's actually I, I feel bad for you guys for getting the play-by-play but um, I just well I'm in episode 4 so I just finished yesterday your, the, the top 50 Joe and the top 50 uh, Star Wars uh, characters which uh, C-3PO is a lot higher than 35 no, I'm just no, saying no <laughs> uh, you talked about all of these, the, the Mace Window, like all of these yeah. one shots. Yeah. You, you, I, I just heard you talk about this yesterday, even oh, okay. though it was eight years ago. So it's very, it's <laughs> very, very odd and very timely that that yeah. all of these pop up because there's something in the Mace Window. There's a couple first appearances in that or something that are, are very important or, or something. I got, I, I can't place my finger on it, but. Like I literally just heard you talk about all of these yesterday, and I now seeing it uh, being reprinted makes me want to buy it. Life is full of coincidences like that. So, um, yeah, and I will say too, uh, just to just to make a comment, if I was making a list of importance of characters in Star Wars and listed the top fifty that way, yes, C three PO would be a lot higher. Uh, I do agree that he's a lot more important than number 35, but as far as just being my favorite characters, uh, he's lucky to be at 35. So. Okay. <laughs> at least the Emperor was higher, but he was only yeah. you know, maybe two spots. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> um, and then the, uh, the last thing I wanted to mention was Guardians of the Galaxy Road to Annihilation Volume 1 trade paperback. I mention this because obviously I've been uh, slowly covering the Annihilation uh, miniseries, and this is a trade that collects some issues that are leading up to that. So uh, I think there will be a volume two because there's a couple miniseries that are not listed in here that I know lead directly into Annihilation. Like there was a Drax miniseries. Um, and then there was some other, one or two other stories I know that led right into the Annihilation storyline. So I think we're going to get, uh, this is volume one. I think we'll get a volume two, but it, it basically sets up some of the characters and everything like Gamora and Drax and things like that, uh, for how they look and how they are 
in when you get to the Annihilation storyline because they looked very different in their earlier stories of like uh, when they go up against Thanos and stuff like that. So uh, I definitely am interested in this because there's even some issues in here that I don't have that I want to read because it again, like you said, I, I know that they were setting things up for this an- Annihilation storyline. And it's just like a lot of other things. Like, Annihilation was a big hit for a lot of people. It was like, wow, this is really awesome Marvel Cosmic stuff. And myself included. That's when I jumped onto a lot of Marvel Cosmic stuff. But, so for me, it was like out of left field. Like, whoa, where did this come from? This is awesome. But what Marvel was doing is that when you read a lot of the stuff that came out before it, they were setting things up for that event. Uh, and it just, like I said, a lot of times it happens where people hear about an event and they're like, oh my God, this is awesome. And then they just continue from then on. Um, but a lot of times when you go to earlier issues before that event took place, you see that if you had been reading all along, things were being set up for that event. Uh, so that's kind of, that's kind of what this trade does. It shows you those earlier issues that were setting things up. So. And that's that's all I had. So uh, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to mention that you know is coming out soon or. Um, no, uh, it was. I was shocked that this previews didn't have more Christmas things with it being the December. Normally, right. you saw the little, you know, more action figures, more toys. Right. Um, I know this is my second time on, so I, I try not to bore everybody with my monthly <laughs> books because I could, you know, hey, read Savage Dragon, read this, read that, you know. So I know the feeling, I, yeah. I, I, I try to, to keep it to trades and, and books, one-shots, and, and things like that. So Yeah, I try to keep it to anything new that's starting, like the new number ones. A lot of the YouTube channel is going to be that way, too, where it's like, hey, here's a new number one that's related to the show. Or hey, here's an, or at the very least, hey, here's a good jumping on point, or here's a new story arc, or something like that. Uh, the only thing I'm going to be covering on the YouTube channel, uh, issue by issue, is I am going to cover all of Revolution. So uh, I, the first video again that should be out already by the time this podcast comes out covers Revolution number one. Uh, I am going to do a video covering Revolution number two. Uh, so for that mini for that event, I'm going to cover each issue because I feel like IDW doesn't have very many events that cover these all these characters. Um, well, but, they did, and they were horrible. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's infestation and, in, and infestation too. Yeah, infestation too. <laughs> yeah, um, but. Uh, same thing when I look through previews. Like I, I just kind of try to look at things that are new number ones or new jumping on points or something really significant that's going on. Uh, and then I mention trades. I rarely mention anything that I'm reading. Like just hey, here's issue eight of this came out. You know, <laughs> so, right? Uh, the only one I think I did that this time with was uh, Nightwing, and that's because the whole Bloodhaven story is starting with that and. Again, Nightwing and Bloodhaven were very important to the pre-New 52 universe. Uh, so, And it may very well be again, because yes. we're back where they were. So. Exactly, exactly. So, um, so yeah, uh, check everything out. Uh, one other thing I wanted to throw out there, because I found it very amusing. Um, so, I registered an Instagram account. 
just before before I launched the first YouTube channel, just so that I could have Star Joes on Instagram before someone out there realized it wasn't being used and took it and then tried to sell it to me. <laughs> because that does happen. I've, I've been yeah. contacted about websites before, like, hey, uh, I got starjoes.org and starjoes edu. Do you want to buy them off of me? And I'm like, no, I'm good. Because <laughs> this is an educational podcast. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, and then we're a government, too, under right, .gov. Right. So, uh, so just to avoid something like that, especially exploring out into YouTube and everything else, I was like, you know, I should probably have an Instagram account for the show, and eventually I'll do something with it. I'm sure it'll be in 2017. But what I found very amusing was just because I had created an Instagram account for Star Joes, I already have people that are fans of the show that are following it. <laughs> so, wow. And I have nothing on there. I think I have the logo on there, and that might be it. I have no photos on there. I have nothing on there whatsoever. So I apologize for those that are following it already because there's nothing for you to see. <laughs> <laughs> That's That needs to be your first picture, like Officer Bar, Bar Brady from South Park. Nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> But there will be stuff, like I said, it'll probably be a 2017 uh, endeavor, uh, but it's not, nothing soon that I'm going to be putting together because, again, I have, you know how there's the expression, it's a one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest? Um, yes. I, I feel like a no-legged man who's just getting his ass kicked. <laughs> so if you were a swimmer, your name would be Bob. Right, right exactly. Um, that was I'm, horrible. I'm truly, I am truly enjoying doing everything. Like I, I love doing the podcast. I'm glad we're still going to be able to do uh, at least one every, you know, couple weeks or so. Um, and I'm loving doing the YouTube stuff. However, I did find out how much is involved in making a YouTube video. Um, so, you know, for the show here, and this again pulling the, back the current a little bit, when I do uh, editing of the show here, you know, if we do a two-hour show, I spend about three to four hours editing. Because uh, you figure it's one and a half to two times whatever the show length is, is, is what I spend editing it uh, from start to finish to finally getting it posted on, on the website and on iTunes and everything. Um, I spend one to two hours doing a five-minute, five- to ten-minute video for YouTube. <laughs> so. Nope. A whole lot of nope there. That's, I, uh, I could only imagine. So Video editing. Yeah. Uh, I've done just a little bit for different projects, but yeah. no thank you. Yeah. No thank you a lot. Now, <laughs> I, now the first one did take that long because I was creating the intro. I was creating the, the closing. I don't have to create those things again, so they're they're already created. Wait, 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 them. wait. Those comic covers did not pop up on the screen. <laughs> those weren't real comics. Well, no, that I still have to keep doing. <laughs> that stuff I Did you do. George Lucas that? Were those? I did. Like, I did. Oh, I had to pretend that they were there. So, um, so I'd, heartbroken all of a sudden. Thank God, as a kid, I had an imagination because I still have an imagination. So, <laughs> um, but no, it was fun to do. But I find myself like giving myself more work when I'm recording those. I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, like this right here, and I'm like, oh great, I got to put an image up now. <laughs> so, um, and I will so you say, have no one to blame but yourself for right, making. Exactly. Look at all these comics. Da, 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 da. Right. Oh shoot! <laughs> now I've got to insert them. Right. Um, the other thing I will say is to try to keep it nice and concise and something that flows for a YouTube audience. 
there's a lot of editing out of stuff. So uh, the original video is like, I think, five and a half minutes long, the very first one that is out there right now. Um, it, the original recording was almost 12 minutes. It was like 11 to 12 minutes. And that's because, of course, there's times where I screwed up what I was saying, so I did take two, uh, things right. like that. But there was also stuff where I was like, like with a podcast, I can just ramble like this, and it doesn't matter because people can pause it and come back to it later and things like that. With YouTube, you don't really have the opportunity to do that a whole lot. So I want to keep the episodes short and concise. So a lot of times there's a lot of taking stuff out that where I just kind of rambled and I was like, well, maybe I'll use some of this. And sometimes I do and sometimes I don't. Um, so, yeah, I took out at least half of the show <laughs> in that five and a half minute video. <laughs> Uh, but I think it's all the better for it. So, um, so yeah, like I said, you guys can look forward to one one a week. But it, like I said, it does take uh, surprisingly it takes a lot more time, and I'm sure I'll get faster at it. But um, but I want to make sure I'm putting something good out there for everyone to watch. So um, uh, so yeah, it, it was it was interesting to find out. Like, holy crap! If this is how long a podcast took to edit, I we wouldn't be going on seven years already (laughs) because a two hour show of the podcast would take me like 20 hours of editing (laughs) so we'd be at episode three right (laughs) we would not have reached those double digits so um but yeah i think that's everything i wanted to mention um and uh, I want to thank everyone that's been uh, that did go and watch the video. If you haven't, you can simply type up Star Joe's in YouTube, and it should be the first video you see. Uh, everyone that I've mentioned that to said, yep, it's the first one that popped up. And then you can actually subscribe if you have, like, a Google account or something like that, and you'll be notified anytime a new episode uh, comes out. But it should come out weekly. So uh, even if you don't want to subscribe and you just want to watch it, you should be able to look up a new episode each week. So... Uh, I don't have a specific date that it's day or day of the week that it's going to come out every week just yet. I will get to that point, uh, but for right now, I'm just trying to get videos out for everybody. So the more videos I can get out to really get the the channel established, the better. Uh, and so I'm just putting them out the second I get them done, uh, and then uh, once I have maybe a month or two under my belt, then I'll start going on a regular schedule as best as I can, as far as maybe always putting them out on a Monday or a Tuesday or something like that. So. All right, well, Travis, how can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Facebook uh, under my name, uh, Twitter, T. Fowler. Uh, that's about it okay. right now. Okay. Uh, we can find uh, Star Joe's at StarJoe's.com. You can find us at the uh, on Facebook. We have a group page and a fan page. We've actually had a few people just this past week uh, join the group page, so I'm looking uh, forward to even more people joining that. Uh, the fan page is pretty much where, whenever I can, I give you updates on anything Star Joe's related news-wise. Uh, I, of course, always post anytime a new uh, video or podcast is out for the show. Uh, on the group page, it's pretty much everybody contributing different things. Uh, occasionally, I'll post a comic review on there. Uh, and other people have been posting comic reviews on there, which I think is fantastic. Uh, I want, I'd love to see even more of that, but a lot of times it's just random things that people, they're kind of related to the show that people want to talk about or geeky things that they want to talk about. And I think it's just awesome. So keep, keep posting stuff like that. Um, you can also follow us at Twitter. It's at Star Joe's podcast. You can leave us a voicemail. As I mentioned earlier in the episode, it's 440-941-Joes. 
440-941-JOES. You'll get to it at Christmas. I'll get to it at Christmas. Uh, So if you want to leave your message with a a Christmas wish uh, or... uh, Your letters to Santa. Right, exactly. You could do that. Uh, You can email us. It's at uh, Podcast at gmail.com. You can... Geez, you can listen to us on the Podbean app as well as the Stitcher radio app. We're on both of those. Uh, and you can make Star Joe's one of your favorites. Please leave us an iTunes review. I uh, would really appreciate that. That helps the show get more exposure. Uh, and uh, I think that's everything. Oh, we do have merchandise. So if you go to StarJoe's.com, on the right-hand side, you'll see something that says Star Joe's Merchandise, where you can buy T-shirts, sweatshirts, coffee mugs. Um, if I see that starting to increase as far as people are really interested in buying uh, the t-shirts and stuff like that. Uh, I've already talked with my wife that, hey, maybe we'll come up with some new designs uh, that could be Star Joe's related, uh, but we'll kind of see how that goes based on the sales. Uh, if you guys are hungry for more merchandise, uh, then we'll produce more merchandise. So um, I think that is everything. And if we didn't remember something, then we'll make sure we catch it next time with you. But with that, we'll go ahead and close the episode by saying the force will be with you. Because knowing us is half the battle. Take care, everyone. Cobra Commander, he's the enemy. He's the enemy of G.I. Joe. He's escaping! He's escaping in the Cobra Claw! Get the new jaws and get him aboard the Skyhawk! Introducing Duke, Roadblock, and Spirit. G.I. Joe, American hero. G.I. Joe is there. Cobra Commander got away! But we captured Storm Shadow. Yo, Joe! G.I. Joe Skyhawk. Joe and Cobra figures and Cobra Claw sold separately from Hasbro.